0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Harbor Towers in Benton Harbor is on the minds of city commissioners as complaints about the eight-story high-rise continue to be lodged by residents. Commissioners heard this week from a resident who said she has documented water leaks, mold, trash chutes that are nailed shut, and bad odors at the development. It's managed by the Benton Harbor Housing Commission, but is HUD housing. And Commissioner Ron Singleton noted there have been talks between the city and HUD about the high-rise. I
0: know we're going to work this thing out because people shouldn't, shouldn't have to live like that.
1: Commissioners earlier this year called for repairs at Harbor Towers after a Christmas blizzard left the building without power and with flooding. It was estimated that at the time that repairs could cost 5 to $7 million. Mayor Marcus Mohammed has said residents of the building should be put up in hotels while repairs are done. City Manager Ellis Mitchell said last night he met with HUD earlier the same day and that, quote, we're working on it. The City of Benton Harbor is teaming up with the Great Lakes Community Action Partnership and Benton Harbor Team Solutions for the 2023 Leadership Training Workshop starting this month. Princella Tobias with Benton Harbor Team Solutions told commissioners last night the series of training sessions will cover a variety of topics to help city leaders, staff and residents improve their management skills and find better ways of serving their communities.
0: We will be the ones training people about a vast amount of activities that will help us become leaders.
1: Tobias said that topics like how to serve on a committee, community development, the municipal water system, and more will be discussed at four sessions. So
0: bringing the leadership training here with a focus on water is very important. And I'm just hoping that each and every one of you will reach out to everyone in this body of government that has anything to do with the water system, from customer service to analysts, that they will be at this training.
1: Tobias said registrations are encouraged by tomorrow. Enrollees are encouraged to attend all four classes. Lunch will be provided. She said each session will run from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and be held at the Michigan Works Office on West Main Street. The sessions will be September 13th and 27th, as well as October 10th and 25th. We'll have more information on attending at our website. Lake Michigan College's annual college night will be September 18th at the Mendel Center. LMC Admissions Director Eric Wignall tells us representatives from more than 60 colleges, universities, trade schools, and more will be there to take questions from prospective students. He says now is the time for those seeking to enroll in college to plan for the future. The
0: demographics for traditional college-age students is pretty flat right now in the Midwest. You have a lot of universities and colleges that are willing to fight for your attention, to offer the best kinds of scholarships, to sit down and really custom-make educational programs for you.
1: Wignall says high school students considering where they want to go after a couple of years at LMC can learn a lot at college night, while adults can also get information about programs offered all over the state and beyond. We have a list of all the colleges set to take part at our website. College Night will be held at the Mendel Center from 6 to 7.30 on the 18th. It's free and open to everyone. Attendees are asked to register online. The Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy is announcing a special program to help Michigan residents know the quality of their well water. More from Ken Lundberg.
0: Eagle and local health departments are helping people ensure that their well water is safe to drink. The department says most wells get checked when they're first built, but they should be checked every few years as things change over time. Testing can determine the presence of harmful contaminants, including bacteria, nitrates, and some metals, such as arsenic. Residents who test through this free program will have the assistance of their local health department to help determine next steps if test results show a problem. If you have a private well and you want to know if your water is safe to drink, go to the Eagle website and request a water test. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News.
1: Volunteers will take to exit 23 of I-94 this month for a cleanup event. David Driscoll with the Lincoln Township Volunteers tells us the group has held three exit 23 cleanups per year for more than 15 years. The idea is to make sure the gateway to Stevensville and Lincoln Township is free of litter. That would create a bad impression. Driscoll says the volunteers will usually pick up between 20 and 50 large bags of trash with with each cleanup.
0: It's hard to believe, and what they toss out, you can't believe some of the things that we've picked up before. We've picked up whole pizzas and baby diapers, of course, lots of, unfortunately, lots of whiskey bottles and beer bottles, and hard to believe that so many people are, are so careless to just throw things out their car window.
1: Driscoll says after each event, there's a real sense of accomplishment.
0: It's a good feeling once we're done to have Exit 23 looking sharp for all our visitors.
1: The volunteer cleanups usually take a few hours as the crew hits each quadrant of exit 23. Those who want to help out can call Lincoln Township. The volunteers will gather at the Township Hall at 8.30 a.m. September 23rd for orientation. They're given safety vests and trash bags and some training before they hit the exit. Those who enjoy baking or canning are invited to take part in a cooking contest being put on by MSU Extension in Van Buren County this month. 4-H educator Janice Zerbe tells us the contest will be held at the Van Buren Youth Fairgrounds September 17th. They have held baking contests before, but with limited participation.
0: In the past, we've limited it to 4-H, basically, so we're opening it up. And so in the past, we've had just probably about 10 to 12 items.
1: Zerby says this time around, they're opening the baking contest up to everyone and adding a preserves contest. With more people canning these days, she says they wanted to find some of the tastiest preserves around. Those wishing to enter the contest can stop by the Van Buren Youth Fairground September 17th. Desserts will have to be dropped off between 12 and 12.30, while preserves need to be dropped off by 11 a.m. We'll have the complete rules for the contest at our website. And the South Haven Jazz Festival will return to the Lakeshore next weekend. Set for September 15th and 16th, the event will feature two full days of jazz performed at the Huron Street Pavilion in downtown South Haven. The South Haven Convention and Visitors Bureau says the entire community looks forward to the free celebration each year. In the lineup are Ted Allen and the underprivileged, Jim Cooper and the Jazz Connection, the Grand Rapids Jazz Orchestra, Evidence Jazz Group, Pavel and Direct Contact, the Eddie Ains Evans Hyde and the Terry Lower Quartet and more. The Bureau's Jennifer Sistrunk says the organizers have put together an incredible list of musicians and bands this year. The event will be open to all ages. You can find out more at SouthHavenJazzFestival.com. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. In Fulton County, Georgia today, a hearing was held in the Georgia election interference case. A Superior Court judge ordered a co defendants Kenneth Chesbro and Sidney Powell, to stand trial together on October 23rd. The two attorneys had asked for their cases to be severed from each other. Before the judge's ruling Powell's counsel, Brian Rafferty argued she'll be prejudiced by other testimony about things she had nothing to do with.
0: I don't think a trial about Coffee County, if that's what we have a trial about, is going to take weeks or months. I think the trial could be over in a couple of days. Most of it is on video that a lot of folks have seen, and there's a handful of emails, and that's really it.
1: Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee said the lawyers Kenneth Chesbro and Sidney Powell's trials would begin October 23rd since both filed speedy trial demands. But he seemed skeptical today of prosecutors' arguments that all 19 defendants could be tried together that soon. The hearing provided more insight into how the sprawling case could play out with prosecutors estimating a trial would take four months and they'd call more than 150 witnesses. There's a busy month ahead for Congress as lawmakers try to prevent a government shutdown. Here's an update from ABC's Jay O'Brien.
0: They've got to pass 12 individual spending bills by the end of the month, September 30th, and that's a tall order. It's going to cause a lot of drama in the House of Representatives, which comes back next week. The Senate is in this week and we've seen movement from Republicans and Democrats in the Senate to work together to try to pass some spending bills and really jam up the House and say, look, we've done this work. Can you as the House of Representatives carry the ball across the goal line and fund the government potentially and if you can't fund the government do some kind of a stopgap funding measure that keeps the government open while this broader funding fight plays out
1: ukrainian officials say a russian missile strike has killed 17 people and wounded 32 others at an outdoor market in eastern ukraine associated press journalists saw covered bodies on the ground and emergency workers extinguishing fires at market stalls with blackened and mangled cars nearby President Vladimir Zelensky condemned the Russian attack on a civilian target. It came as U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken arrived in Ukraine, where he was expected to announce more than a billion dollars in new American funding in a display of Washington's support of Kiev's fight in the 18-month war. Another negative COVID test today for President Joe Biden. ABC's Karen Travers has more. The White House says President Biden again tested negative for COVID on Wednesday morning, his third negative COVID test in three days. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president is not experiencing any symptoms. First Lady Jill Biden, who tested positive for COVID on Monday, is doing well, according to Jean-Pierre, and continues to stay at the Biden's home in Delaware. Jean-Pierre said there are no changes to the president's travel plans. He's scheduled to leave Thursday evening for the G20 World World leaders economic summit in India. Karen Travers, ABC News. The White House. A liberal group has filed a lawsuit to bar former President Donald Trump from the primary ballot in Colorado. The lawsuit contends Trump is ineligible to run for the White House again under a rarely used clause in the U.S. Constitution aimed at candidates who have supported an insurrection. The lawsuit, fighting the, citing the Fourteenth Amendment, is likely the initial step in a legal challenge that seems destined for the U.S. Supreme Court. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of six Republicans and unaffiliated Colorado voters by the group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. A judge in California has blocked, at least for now, one school district's new transgender policy. More maybe ABC's Alex Stone. For the time
0: being, the judge's order will block a new policy enacted by the Chino Valley Unified School District in San Bernardino County, east of L.A., requiring schools to notify parents within three days if their child identifies as transgender or if they change their pronouns at school. California's Attorney General claims one parent was notified under the policy and that the case resulted in physical harm to the child. Supporters of the policy say parents have a right to know if their children are identifying as transgender. The next hearing is on October 13th. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles.
1: Four months after a civil trial found Donald Trump sexually abused and defamed advice columnist Eugene Carroll, a federal judge, has ruled still more of the ex-president's comments about her were libelous. The decision means an upcoming second trial will concern only how much more Trump has to pay Carol. Today's ruling stands to streamline significantly the second trial, except for January. It concerns remarks that Trump made in 2019 after Carol first publicly claimed he sexually attacked her in a luxury department store dressing room in the 1990s. Trump denies it. The first trial concerned the sexual assault allegation and whether more recent Trump comments were defamatory. Jurors awarded Carol $5 million. And a new report finds your least secure tech device may be in your driveway. ABC's Mike Dabuski explains,
0: Cars are the worst category of products for privacy. According to the Mozilla Foundation, the nonprofit found 84% of automakers share data collected from drivers with outside parties. The kind of information collected ranges from vehicle data, like where drivers go and what music they listen to, to more intimate things like medical information, even sex life. Mozilla found over 90% of the 25 brands they looked at provide drivers with little to no control over their personal data. Mike Debusky, ABC News.